Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I am an exercise physiology and nutrition professor, and I'm a former competitive bodybuilder. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm a powerlifter, strength coach. I run Strength Guild, uh, LiveForHope.org, and do some Highland Games stuff, too. That'll actually bring us to our topic of the day a little bit. Um, first, though, we, we've got some news. Strength and Muscle Sport News. First of all, um, just in sort of technology and Iron Radio news, oh, we just got um, contacted by Apple, and they have a lot of new technology requirements. Uh, I, I'm not sure if other people are familiar with this, but if, if any of our listeners have IT expertise, I know some of you do, um, you might be able to help. Um, but you can contact me through our Facebook page or what have you. But basically, they're, they're asking for a number of things, um, you know, new cover art. Well, okay, I fixed that. That's not a problem. But um, our server, our web server who hosts the podcast, um, it has to be able to enable byte range requests. I'm not going to bore people with the details, but essentially our host is saying that means we have to spend $225 a month on our server, and that's that's not going to happen. On a dedicated server. Uh, yeah, right, right, dedicated. Um, so if you can help, great. Uh, I, I, the only other thing I can say is, um, thank you, donors. The people who we do have as donors, they do allow us uh, to step up to a bigger server if we have to or meet some of these technology requirements. If you haven't been a supporting member, you've been listening for years, I'm just going to suggest now might be the time. Uh, I'd hate to see the podcast disappear. I don't know when this is going to be enforced through iTunes. Yeah. You know, uh, that's my Well, opinion. I mean, no matter what, we ain't, we're not going anywhere. It's just it's it's stupid that... We, we wouldn't be able to be on iTunes because you're talking 2700 freaking dollars a year just to be on there. Exactly. For no other reason. Because, well, I mean, like you said, we're using 20% of our server as is. So it's like, why do we need another one except for exactly. iTunes' new requirements? Exactly. Now, anybody would realize, though, most of listeners uh, actually get a hold of our – they hear our voices through iTunes. You know? Yeah. Um, and I know there's Stitcher that we signed up for earlier in the year and that sort of thing. And, of course, you can listen right off the website – I guess I could say in a worst-case scenario, there would be a lapse of service, but you guys know we're coming right back. Um, and I don't think there's going to be any lapse. Like I said, we're scrambling right now. Because of our supporters, we have a little bit of money to work with. Uh, and if anybody can pitch in, that would be fantastic um, just to keep things you know, coming at you. So. Or give us an idea of where we can... Where we can go and not have to have pay two hundred and twenty five dollars a month for a dedicated server just to fill Apple's needs. Exactly. You know, needs. Right. All we need is a server that can enable byte range requests. I don't yeah. know. Oh, our current servers can't do that at, yeah. at a reasonable you know rate. So. Yeah. Um, but we've said that for years. You know that's why we ask our supporters, and you know we're not panicked because we do have indeed um, you know some reliable handful of supporters to to help with this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, let's see, in other news, um, oh, I wanted to make a quick disclaimer about last week. We were mentioning, um, 
alcohol and tobacco and individual differences, I just want to make one statement. Individual differences could also include um, being prone to addiction. You know, I grew up with a guy who had alcoholism in his family, uh, inherited it from his dad. I mean, they actually say children who are in families where there's alcoholism, they should really be informed about it by age 10, uh, you know, where the parents can still play a big role and peers don't basically help, you know, the child make all the choices. Um, so anyway, just to, so I can feel responsible about that. Obviously, there are some downsides to alcohol and tobacco. I, didn't, I don't think we made it sound too positive. Just, you know, yeah. it, it's realistic. I mean, the just say no thing you always hear, it's better to hear about why you see these things, especially in strength sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I, there is, of course, always that risk, too, that not everybody can sit down and have a glass of whiskey or a stogie, you know, because they, mm-hmm. it'll, it's just not going to mesh with their genes and they can end up with, you know, they they can't they can't keep it in in moderation is what I'm saying so um, so anyway I I do acknowledge that uh, let me change gears though here in science news there's a couple of things um, one uh, is a paper that I got through ISSN channels sports nutrition channels and they made a couple interesting points I actually read the paper it's called muscle wasting and resistance of muscle anabolism. The anabolic threshold concept, um, and they're talking about it as far as uh, sarcopenia and muscle wasting with aging and how people become resistant to normally anabolic stimuli like leucine or, you know, we've talked about several things, calories and certain hormones and this and that. Um, it's Dominique Dardeve, I think is how you pronounce it, and colleagues, Scientific World Journal 2012, December 2012. But what I think was interesting in this paper um, – is that they're actually pointing out a couple of things. They're saying basically having more muscle mass is either a function of being very sensitive to anabolic stimuli or keeping yourself sensitive. So in other words, there's two reasons why you would shrink. One would be that as you age, your anabolic threshold gets higher. In other words, what normally would have been a muscle-building stimulus now will not increase muscle mass. So um, they talk in the paper about how they might overcome this. They say um, there's been a couple of studies trying to feed extra leucine and that sort of thing. And although it helps with protein synthesis, it doesn't automatically add muscle mass as far as, you know, when you look at sort of training studies or periods of time. Um, It it did give some examples, though. It was talking about pulse-feeding protein and amino acids. Protein pulse-feeding initially developed by Arnal et al., A-R-N-A-L et al., um, and it basically, they were actually giving older persons 80% of their total daily protein intake in one meal uh, to try to, you know, reach that higher threshold. If they're resistant to anabolic stimuli, then let's just literally dump in the protein and leucine all at the same time and um, force the issue. Uh, now, the reason you can't do that constantly is because eventually you, you stop responding. You know, there's sort of that refractory period. So one way would be huge protein meals. And I think this is interesting, too, because one of the things that I, I think you'll hear us talk about on the podcast is we're not afraid of huge, you know, excess calorie yeah. protein meals every once in a while. You're not going to do that every single meal all day long, but there's definitely on a fairly regular basis. I don't see any problem with that. Now, they're doing that purposely to overcome anabolic resistance in the elderly, but, you know, people who are hard gainers or whatnot, who's to say there's not some concept there? You know, so lots of leucine in the mix, but also lots of regular protein, not just leucine. And then they were saying at other times of the day, since you can't do it constantly, um, you're going to try to 
reduce your anabolic resistance. So at one point, you're actually feeding you know, as much as you can to overcome the resistance, and at other times, you're saying omega-3 fats and, interestingly, uh, antioxidants uh, may be um, strategies to reduce your anabolic resistance. So, again, I'm bastardizing this information a bit for hard gainers, but if you do feel like you don't respond very easily, uh, you know, we don't put our muscle mass extremely easily. You're not a mesomorph that's, you know, just very naturally muscular. You could consider playing with very large, uh, protein, leucine rich protein meals, uh, and then, you know, increase the dose, let's say, of the omega-3 fats and antioxidants at other times of the day when you're in, you know, less heavily fed period or even a postprandial fasting kind of period. Um, and try to decrease that anabolic threshold so you do respond. So pretty interesting paper looking at the two sides of hard gainers or muscle uh, resistance. Uh, so, again, the take-home message, I know I repeat myself a lot, but protein and leucine-rich meals, even a massive protein uh, and leucine-rich meal at one point during the day, and then at other times of the day, uh, fairly high dose omega-3 fats and even antioxidants, and that may help take care of some of the oxidative stress or inflammation that's leading to your anabolic resistance. So pretty cool stuff. Um, and then there's another paper here. Actually, this is a news blurb from Medical News Today. I'm going to turn people onto this. You can get their updates through uh, Twitter, MNT, or Medical News Today. This one's entitled, Eating a Protein-Rich Breakfast Helps Us to Avoid Unhealthy Snacking in the Evening. Although, you know, breakfast is, of course, arguably a very important meal. Some people skip it, but it says up to 60% of American young people consistently skip breakfast. Now, whether you like uh, this idea of breaking the fast or or not, I would still suggest, at the very least, it's another meal. You know, getting up at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning and getting that meal, if you're trying to put on muscle... I don't see a downside to that. You know, early to rise, an extra meal before, let's say you're, you would have eaten otherwise at eight or nine o'clock, whatever. Um, it says the consumption of the high protein breakfast. Basically, they gave, gave breakfasts with 35 grams of protein or similar calorie breakfast. You know, they similar fiber and calories and whatnot, 350 calorie meals uh, that weren't high protein. But the ones with 35 grams of protein in the form of, I think, like beef, sausage and eggs and, and whatnot, it says was, um, able to increase fullness or satiety um, along with reductions in brain activity that's responsible for controlling food cravings. High-protein breakfast also reduced evening snacking on high-fat and high-sugar foods compared to when either breakfast was skipped or when a normal protein-ready-to-eat cereal breakfast was consumed. So pretty interesting stuff. They didn't list the author in particular, but I've been suggesting this for ages, right? Get up, have yourself a nice clean breakfast, plenty of protein, um, not only does it help keep you full, you know, in the morning, but it could actually reduce evening snacking. Uh, and that, this is the first time I've actually looked at, seen a paper that was literally about the chronobiology of all this, right? That if you eat a nice, big, clean, protein-rich breakfast in the morning, maybe you're less likely, uh, for those of you who fall off the wagon right before bed, to, you know, to wipe out a half a gallon of ice cream. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, I have one last thing, and I know, Phil, you have some news. This is a little bit more industry-related, or anybody who's a student or has any, ever considered going to a conference. Um, the Gatorade Sports Science Institute, gssiweb.com, 
although it's Gatorade, and arguably they could, they are a little bit biased toward carbohydrates and fluid. They do have a bevy of really good information on their site, and one of the things they have right now is conferences and events that are coming up. And I just wanted to uh, share this with everybody if you're interested in this sort of thing. Um, the National SCAN meeting, Sports Cardiovascular and Wellness Nutritionists, April 26th through 28th, so coming up very soon, uh, just basically do a web search for SCAN in nutrition, um, and you can get some information on that. The American College of Sports Medicine annual meeting is coming up May 28th through June 1st, uh, and that's a big meeting. Um, and then the ISSN meeting is also on here June 14th and 15th. That's usually a great meeting, too. Phil and I have both been to that. And uh, what's not on here, actually, is every four years, there's sort of what I call the Olympics of nutrition research um, because it's every four years. But the International Congress on Nutrition uh, is this September coming up. And I can give details later if anybody's interested, but uh, it's in Granada, Spain. And I know um, we just got a couple of posters accepted there, so we're kind of stoked on that. We're talking about caffeine and some of the stuff that we, we were talking about at um, the Strength Guild camp, actually. Um, and I know Mike Nelson's going to come with us, and it's going to be very cool. So, uh, just we a little list of more donors to get me down there. What's that? So we, we'd need a lot more donors for me to be able to go down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's as a professor, I can get paid for by the university, yeah. and uh, you know that kind of thing. But yeah, it's gonna, it's a huge event. Yeah, Last time, actually, listeners, if you want to go dig in our archives, uh, it was in Thailand. And I actually like audio blogged the whole thing. I got up at crazy time early in the morning and, you know, airport, you know, the whole travel through Japan all the way out to Thailand. And it was sort of interesting. And I actually go through a lot of posters that were there because there's hundreds of new studies at these meetings in poster format. And it's just a, it's a great time to check something out. If you haven't done something like that before, man, you can just get literally two or three years ahead of the game because you're seeing stuff as raw science before it becomes a textbook or a, or anything else. So anyway. All right, Phil, you said something about uh, in the news with CrossFit, right? Yeah, there's a couple things. First, I wanted to give a shout-out to Donald Deward, um, one of our listeners. He posts a lot on there. He is, uh, well, he's about 10 feet away from me right now on the other side of this wall in my gym. He drove from Indiana. Oh. Um, yeah, so he's out here. Uh, he's out there squatting and uh, hanging out with uh, – my group of lifters right now. Cool. So just uh, give a shout out to him real quick. Figured it'd make his week or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted to. I, I figured you'd enjoy this, so I was just going to kind of read it, um, and because I know you haven't heard it yet. So it, it was on Twitter, and a guy comes on um, and says at CrossFit Games, "Why doesn't the CrossFit community ever hear about drug testing?" And uh, you know they come back. Somebody from HQ says. Um, the drug testing is outlined here. And, you know, so he goes and looks at it. He, he said, thanks. Um, but do you believe there should be more testing in the off season to ensure integrity in the sport? And, um, you know, how would, how would that ensure integrity in the sport? They come back and say, he's like, no, really? So you can't just, um, he says, really? So you can't just dope during the season, then stop when the game season hits, obviously. And, um, this is where it kind of goes crazy. CrossFit HQ comes back and says, how would the use of an illegal substance in the off-season, not the actual season, help your performance at all? Oh, boy. 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, it goes on and they're like, what, you're saying, you know, the person can't cycle on and then cycle off and still have benefits? And uh, they come back and say, well, if you can provide actual evidence, then you have an argument. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, so anybody who's been in the trenches is, uh, is immediately thinking, okay, so a guy couldn't do a nice, long 12, 16, 20-week cycle of even something simple, testosterone, whatever, put on about 30 pounds, 40 pounds. He may lose half of that, but he's still, you know, a dozen pounds ahead. Yeah. You know. And they're kind of saying, trying to say that doesn't work. Um, you know, there's a reason. <laughs> there's a... <laughs> There's a reason why, you know, a lot of the Olympic athletes do it and don't get caught. You know, they know how to get around it. And, uh, you know, that's what my example was. There's a, there's a reason why the 75K lifter that won the Olympics, you know, the, the lady from Russia was pretty manly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, know? and it, you can't tell me that doesn't help. Um, yeah. So I, I just thought that's been a pretty comical thing going around. Well, especially because, I mean, there's a long, decades-long history of bodybuilders, for example, trying to hold on to gains from a cycle. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. how do I quickly um, re-stimulate the, the testicles, <coughs> you know, to start producing testosterone again? You know, they're taking Clomid and HCG, and they're doing all this stuff. Or they're trying to take cortisol suppressants when they're coming off a cycle. I mean, there's all these um, strategies, or even popping lots of ephedrine for its sort of... Almost, uh, you know, adrenergic muscle sparing kind of effects. Well, and, and talking something like CrossFit that happens once a year at a known date, you could essentially, you know, go on an 11 month cycle of the right stuff and test out clean. Yeah. And you can't tell me that being on for 11 months isn't going to show some kind of benefit. <laughs> you know, yeah. A major benefit. Right. You know, right. Well, it's that so, whole super training effect. I mean, if yeah. you're if you're stronger and bigger, all, well, almost or even just being able to train and recover a little better, and not be as beat up by the well, time. Well, that's what I'm up. saying, right? You're you're training, yeah. you're stronger, your recovery is fast. I mean, that whole super yeah. training effect for like you're saying, arguably what ten months out of the year. Yeah. Um, now, don't get me wrong. You'd be you'd have to know what you were doing probably yeah. not to fall apart and then try to you, nobody wants to compete in their worst hormonal state of the year. Yeah. But yeah, but to say that it doesn't do anything otherwise, yeah, that doesn't show a lot of um, I don't know what I would call that um, experience. Yeah. You know, in in the sports. For sure, for sure. Hmm. No, and then the other one I want to bring up was there was a um, have you heard of the uh, TED? Talks. Oh, absolutely. Technology. Yeah. So that's where this comes from. It was a it was a TEDx at OU. Um, this Christina Werner, she's an archaeologist, and um, she wanted to kind of come on and debunk the paleo diet a bit. Um, so they've been working on you know she's been digging up Neanderthal people and things like that, and they're using some new testing to where their old test she said is done on nitrogen in the bones. Is where the, what they were basing everything on, and then comparing that, comparing the bones to those of of carnivores and herbivores, and things like that, and where that where that nitrogen balance fell is where they based you know these people were eating a lot of meat, and things like that. And she then first came and showed that uh, you know even that didn't work because um, location variance. Um, it she showed some of like a cow that fell in the the high range of the carnivores because of the, the types of food it was eating mm -hmm. and, and things like this. Mm -hmm. 
And then their, their new one is they're, they're testing the teeth of these people, and uh, they've got two, two different ways. They're, they're looking at the plaque and at my, microbes and, and stuff like that that they're finding in them. And they're actually, she said, they found legumes and grains and stuff like that, which are big things that the whole, uh, you know, the paleo trend poo-poo's against. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, boy. They, they, you <laughs> can't. <laughs> grains, yeah. especially grains in the teeth yeah. of, uh, of, of uh, ancient man. Oh, exactly. Boy. So they found a lot of corn and things like that. And, you know, then also found tools that were 10,000-plus years old that were used to grind up grains. Um, oh, and, you know, her argument was pretty good. Um, and it was – she wasn't, like, against paleo. She just said they're getting it wrong. That There are – it depended on the area of the people. She's like, sure, the, the people that lived in the, you know, Siberia and stuff like that, they didn't have any vegetables, you know. So, yes, of course, those people learned to live mainly on meat. Um, but you get closer to the equator and the tropics and things like that, and, yes, they ate meat, but a large part of their diet was – Fruits and vegetables and things like that. Exactly. Um, and then the the ancient Mayans and things like that. They had corn years and years and years and years, thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it de- depend on region. What was available is what these people ate, which which really makes sense to me. Um, well, it doesn't. I mean, if you think of, about, for example, um, mm-hmm. Asian cultures and and the rice, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, or you know, and obviously that's not our main carbohydrate crop here in North America. Of course, we don't have thousands of years of history here as exactly. European North Americans, but yeah, but I get the point. And it does make a lot of intuitive sense that you would be eating what's available. Like you and I were saying before we hit record, I mean, if you're a hunter forager or a gatherer, you're just hungry and you're yeah. going to eat whatever is probably not poisonous. Yeah. And if that's potatoes dug up out of the ground or berries off a bush, you know. And that's where, you know, I've heard you talk about it before, that the next step in nutrition, that you said there are ways away from it, but kind of your your family tree, your genomics or whatever the heck it is. You know, if oh, you absolutely. come from a, if, if your background is highly Asian and you, you come from a culture that's been eating tons of rice for thousands of years, you're probably going to be better at, at processing that. Or maybe not um, so good at some things, like 90% of Asians roughly are lactose intolerant. Yeah, you know, exactly. exactly. And she goes that into that, um, that, you know, there's... She said there was people like the, the, the Northern Europeans and some of the African cultures have adapted very well to milk. And it's because they started drinking milk many, many thousands of years ago. Especially Northern uh, Europeans, right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, they, so they have no problem with it. They've adapted to it more. Actually, Phil, and, that fits with what you were saying before, too. If there's, if there's not a lot of fruits and vegetables because you're in a frozen climate, um, milk would sort of go along with the meat because you've yeah. got – you know, a small amount of domesticated livestock, and you're you're drinking milk for, and, and they're you know eating the grass for you. Well, and I'll tell you, it, a lot of this depends on how long it takes, and I'm not an expert on some of this, but how long it takes for certain um, traits to be naturally selected. You know, because we could talk about ten thousand years, but as Homo sapiens, we're probably talking more like a forty to hundred thousand year span. And like you're saying, this is pockets around the world right we it was not like it is now where mass transit simply didn't exist Mm -hmm. and most people stayed within just a few kilometers of where they were born you know and that's you know her overwhelming message was really good i think it was you know number one she said the problem doesn't come from eating grains she said it comes from pretty much 90 percent of what we are eating now comes from two different sources it's either corn or soy 
So there isn't, we don't get the variety we should. Corn, wheat, so, and soy, right. Yeah. There's no balance. Yeah. So she said there's no balance. And her big thing was eat whole, real foods and be very diverse in what you eat. You know, and sure, eat plenty of meat with it too. But she's like, you know, sure, have some oatmeal. And next day have some corn. And next day have a potato. Exactly. And next day, you know, try and get as varied as you can to get all of these, uh, you know, different vitamins and minerals and things exactly. like that. Exactly. Phytochemicals. And Mike Nelson. Would love to hear hear you say that because he's all about being as metabolically flexible yeah. as you can as a survival trait, you know. Mm-hmm. And and she said that the you know another thing I liked about it was she wasn't totally against the science end of it. She's very much and she said there's a lot we can learn from our ancestors and things like that and what they ate. But she said there's a lot that we've actually gained. She, you know, and she gave examples like if you looked at broccoli ten thousand years ago, it's nowhere near what it is now. We have selectively grown it to become these big. Broccoli heads. Yeah, the floor. Whereas before it was this little tiny thing that was, you know, you couldn't, she said it'd take you months to find that much broccoli. Um, So not all of it's bad. Have you ever seen an apple tree that wasn't heavily sprayed with insecticide? You do not get big plump fruits hanging off of that tree. Yeah, and exactly. And it was, you know, her argument of like almonds, which is a big thing for people now. That's, they, those have been selectively grown so we can eat them. We took the cyanide out of them. You know, she said if you have found an almond tree 10,000 years ago, you'd, likely die from oh, eating boy. too many almonds mm-hmm. and things like that. So it was it was neat. She was like on both sides. She's like, yeah, this past is good, but not all that we've created is bad. And, you <laughs> you know, know, not exactly. all the farmers have worked on. That's I've often <clears throat> said, even on the podcast, you know, I tend to like paleo in its original non-commercial form. Yes. Unfortunately, we're talking about CrossFitters or mm-hmm. different groups get a hold of this and they spin it and spin mm-hmm. it and they – you know, they, they want to make a point with it. And, you know, science isn't always about making some preconceived point. It's just about recording things and trying to figure things out. You know, whether, whether science doesn't care what you want, you know. Yeah. And uh, obviously there's been some good things that we've done. I mean, you can, there's always the argument that, listen, you know, some of these uh, people, um, thousands of years ago, um, you know, they lived to about 40. Uh, that's not good. Now, you might say, well, that's antibiotics, and that's the germ theory of disease or what have you. But, you know, like you said, there are some things that we're definitely doing right to make animals or yeah. plants um, more productive. Yeah. You know, and and that's a, that can be a good thing, too. Yeah. So. And, oh, I just remembered one other thing, one big thing in the news I'm not sure you heard about either. The, did you hear about the Monsanto Protection Act? Uh, no, but I think I know where you're going with this. Let's hear it. They, well, they snuck it through Congress. It passed. Okay. Um, and it's kind of neat how they did it because everybody's eyes were on the whole big the the gay marriage debacle, and they they snuck it in on the coattails of that and passed it. So for and like, what was it exactly? Was this about the GMO <sighs> foods? GMO yeah, it's GMO foods and stuff. And now the you know the the administration passed it to where pretty much uh, Monsanto, I think it's for five years, has a protection act where they can't be messed with. Um, type of thing. So, it's, it's interesting on the you know the the side the uh, nutrition side of it a bit, but yeah, there, there's always yeah, a so back and forth with genetic modification because in yeah. some ways I think it can be good, yeah. um, but there and there are people like that Mercola you know guy who uh, he's just vehemently against any kind of genetic you know modification and that sort of thing. I mean, when I hear that you can genetically modify coffee so it doesn't produce caffeine well then you can get actual coffee that's not decaf it just doesn't have any caffeine in it Uh, and then the processing doesn't have to take place that's kind of neat or if you if you put the gene for um 
extra vitamin A or a certain amino acid into beans, and now you can keep small children in Africa alive. That, that's I, I can't see a big downside to some of this. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Even if it does cause some problems down the road, the immediate life-saving technology can't be ignored. This, yeah, but I mean, then the other end, it's the scary stuff. It's like, you know, here and they were making frickin', um, you know, genetically modifying corn to make your corn pops automatically have the, um, what are they called? The I just lost it out of my head. Uh, <laughs> um, God, kids go get shots for viruses and, and whatnot. Um, oh, antibiotics? Or? Antibi- not an antibiotic, but a... Um, like you were going to get the polio vaccination. Vaccination, yes. Mm-hmm. So they're automatically putting vaccinations within the corn. So we're all just eating our vaccination. I've actually also like, heard uh, about insecticides. Plants yeah. Naturally express insecticides. And yeah, if it's so, doing that, then yeah, we're eating it. Right. So, <laughs> you know? Like like you always say, good and bad there. You know. Yeah. So it's and but I mean and the bad part is is they they pretty much, you know, some of that stuff is good. And like you were just talking about, but there's a lot of it that can be bad. And pretty much what they passed was it's it's protected genetically modified seeds from litigation at all, in the face of health risk for the next five years. So it kind of gave them a that is a little scary. Yeah, go do what you want for five years. Uh, well, <laughs> I I really like what you said that that researcher was talking about. Um, yeah, you go for as if you can afford it, go as natural as you can, reduce mm-hmm. refined grains and carbs as much as you can. Yep. It's not about demonizing any one thing. Phil, I know you've said in the past, like, you're on a rice kick or what's wrong yeah. with potatoes. Well, people are down on potatoes because they have oh, a high yeah. glycemic load, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, well, you could say, well, there's no gluten in it. You know, and, yeah. and some people think gluten's our big problem. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. you know, these are not bad things. You just go for the least refined stuff you can. Uh, yep. you know, whole grains should look like granular, granular grains. You know, a, a, a baked potato is not going to offend me um, like instant mashed potatoes would. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, yeah. if you can afford it and you're smart, and it, it's not always super expensive either. Um, yeah, just try no, to eat I mean, fruits, yeah, vegetables, lean meats. You know, you're going to win. And I'm, I'm all for the diverse thing, too. I think too many people get just... They eat four or five things all the time, and that can't be good. <laughs> you know, just, no, and then you know what? Yeah. And then they wonder why they're stuck on a plateau. Yeah, you know, it's like, well, you could be overdoing one thing, or you could be missing a particular nutrient. Yeah. The concept of variety is such a simple one, but it's so auto-correcting, right? Because yeah. you're, you're not going to overconsume any one bad thing, but yeah. you're also not going to miss anything. Yeah, uh, and, it's just know, really a little little spice of life. You know, I mean, it's. You know, change it up. Learn to have varied taste. But no, that's good stuff. So, okay. Well, um, we actually chatted quite a bit about newsy yeah. stuff. So we're going to come back nonetheless, and we're going to touch on a few um, stories and facts about warm weather transitioning. I was out on a walk earlier today, and uh, you know, it's like 55 and sunny here in Ohio, and I know you've had some like 80 degree oh. weather, right? I mean, yeah, we've had some of that. Yeah. So. Uh, We'll give that a talk as we're starting to, you know, shed the coats and uh, come out of the, you know, the perma bulker phase. <laughs> Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, 
Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact uh, follow us in other media and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. Hello, Iron Radio listeners. This is Dr. Lowry. I just want to offer an update on the protein and resistance exercise book that you hear about in ads at the end of the show. The publisher and I realize that the textbooks have become expensive. This one's $99. So individual electronic chapters have been made available for $20. US As with Iron Radio, my primary drive here is to get valid, reliable information into the hands of fellow lifters. So if you simply Google CRC Press Protein, you'll find the page where the book is sold. By clicking on ebook purchase at the right, you'll be taken to a page with free introductory parts of the book, as well as each chapter in electronic PDF format. There's also links uh, to other sources in this version. So whether you're interested in an academic heavy hitter like Dr. Peter Lemon sharing protein's history and strength training, or you're a biochem nerd like me and you want to just look at chapter two on protein synthesis and breakdown, or if you want to cut to the chase and get to a chapter on using protein weight control or case studies, you can now do so for just 20 bucks. So please check out CRC Press Protein and see which chapter topic may interest you. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. Okay, everybody, we're back. It's Phil and Lonnie. Uh, Rob is uh, out again this week. Uh, he's probably only going to be in, I'm thinking, once or twice a month, but we're working on actually having... Um, little like a column that he can send in on the weeks he can't be here. So people who are hoping for the fortress to return, uh, we're just ironing this stuff out. So no worries there. Um, so warm weather transitioning. Uh, like I said, I was going on a walk and, um, one of the first things I start thinking about as soon as the weather is decent, I, I actually heard a bit of advice. I think it was like men's health or men's fitness years ago. And I'm like, actually, that's not a bad bit of advice. One of those little gold nuggets as you sift through some of these articles. But they said, you know what? If you're in somewhere in the Northeast or the Midwest and you know you have lousy weather, anytime there's not terrible precipitation, like freezing rain outside, get your butt out. You know, you're going to, we're just talking about natural food sources, you know, being a good idea. And I think exerting yourself outdoors is a good idea. And anytime you can do that, you know, it's it's probably smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I always try to do, for example, this is the kind of time of year I'll throw on the X-Vest, 40-pound weighted X-Vest, and just walk all over my neighborhood. Sometimes I'll do it before breakfast. 
you know, I'll trickle in a little bit of protein or leucine, just maybe 10 grams or so of protein, and then go do that kind of thing. Um, or even in the evening, I mean, your, the fatty acids in your blood are the highest in the evening, so burn them off. So it's not, it's really any time of day, I think, that you can do that kind of stuff. And I actually think it helps with recovery as opposed to running, which I think mm-hmm. is irritating and inflammatory and worsens recovery yeah. in a lot of ways. I know you're, you're, that's true with you too, but. For sure. So tell me about your gym, Phil. Uh, just a week or two ago, you said that you could open up the wall there and. Oh God! That's got to change. Yeah, it's, oh, it, it just changed. It just it's it's open. It's bigger. It doesn't smell like sweat and <laughs> Bengay. <laughs> you, know, you get a little fresh air in and some sunlight. Um, yeah, I mean, it just you can tell. You know, everybody just comes up a little bit. You know, springs roll around. We've been cold all winter, and you know, it, it's the, the the whole tempo of things pick up a bit in the spring. And it feels good to be able to, for me, I mean, one of the things I'll do is it, it, on a great day, I'm in there deadlifting or whatnot, I'll go stand out in the sun before I go do my set. And it just, oh, I don't yeah. know, there's something about it that it just feels good. Oh, there is. Um, I'll tell you, I've always wanted to open a gym where I could throw open some type of garage door wall or, or whatnot, yeah. have a cement patio, and literally put, like, the weight racks on little yeah. appliance wheels. Yeah. Wheel them out and lift in the sun. Because when I was a yeah. grad, uh, grad student in San Diego, we'd go out to, like, um, I think it was... Was it Pacific Beach? Um, there was a, a little gym out there, and the roof was had weightlifting equipment on it. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you just go out there, you know. There's this uh, extra nice, I guess, with the smell, of the the salt of the sea, and everything. Yeah. But, I mean, the sun shines on you. You know, you just yep. get a big pump. It's it's warm. Your joints feel great. <sighs> yep. You know, the only real risk is not to get sunburned, but. Um, in most situations, like what you're talking about, you're yeah. getting all the benefits of that. You know. Warm yeah, there's just something about that. The fresh air, warm sunshine, and it just, it wakes you up and you get moving again. And It's you know, actually really hard uh, not to get motivated in that kind it of is. Uh, It is. It is. Especially at this time. You know, early winter's not bad. You start getting into, like, we, beginning of March and we're starting to get horrible snow. And it's like, come on already. You know, it just starts getting you down and then you start getting these warmer days and it's like, oh, this is great. You know, it starts picking things up and... You know, I naturally then start doing more stuff outside, and, you know, we got garden work to do, and we got this and that. And then, you know, now it's coming on to Highland game season time, so we're going to be out throwing stuff. And, you know, you get stuff going on the rest of the five acres. And, you know, my other people, I can, you know, run them around the land and do farmer's carries. And it opens up all that stuff. We, we get a lot more diverse yeah, in our training. Strong man in Highland Games, that's gotta be a blast. I mean, that's oh, exactly yeah. what we're talking about, right? It is. And it's, it's, it's amazing how, how good it feels just to go out and, let's go out and spend an hour and a half in the sun and throw things. It's yeah. kind of invigorating after being trapped inside. And not that I, I, I love squatting and pulling and pressing and stuff like that, but once you've, you've done it for five months straight, to get out and, Add a little diversity and do something different out in the sun. It, it's refreshing. Well, it's got to be damn near impossible to throw anything indoors. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it really is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that that just sounds like a blast. I mean, throwing cabers yeah. and I I have never done it. You know, yeah. I'd yeah. love to give some of that stuff a try because sure. just until a few years ago, I didn't even realize that Highland Games was all about throwing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I always wondered how is this? Is this just a Scottish equivalent of strongman? And you know. Mm-hmm. Not exactly, you know. No, yeah, it, pretty much every event's throwing. Right, yeah. So, I mean, that's just got to be a blast. It is, it is. You know. uh, I will say one thing, too, to listeners. Here's a, a suggestion. You want something to do this month as things get warm? Um, I remember reading Arnold's um, 
autobiography, The Education of a Bodybuilder. It's not long. I suggest anybody go re- go read it. It's it's a great historical look at his beginnings, and some of it might be euphemized or you know even fictionalized on some level, but. Um, there's an excerpt in there where he actually gets some buddies and they go out in the woods. They take a couple yeah. of Olympic bars and plates. Um, and I, I don't see why you couldn't do that, uh, at a local park or a short drive somewhere yeah. and go somewhere. Exactly. You're not going to scare the regular. That's actually something we're going to start doing this. You know, right now we're, it's sunny. We're still a little rainy. Um, so it's, it's hit and miss, but we're going to start planning them where we're going to, cause our Saturdays are squat day. Mm-hmm. Um, for most of our people. So what we're going to do is I've got a power rack that easily two of us can pick it up, throw in the back of the truck. i got a half rack we can throw in the back of the truck, grab some bars, grab some plates, go to a park. Yep. And we're going to do our squat day at the park. And it just gets you out there in a different atmosphere. You're in a sunny park at the lake. you got people watching. And, yeah. You know? Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, that just sounds fantastic. And I'll tell you, again, l- listeners, go check out Arnold's Education of a Bodybuilder because he really explains this whole concept well. I mean, Last year, um, I was actually, I hiked up a bluff with Mike Nelson when I was up in Minnesota. And, um, I couldn't help but think when I got to the top of that, wouldn't it have been cool if we just had a couple of 45s in backpacks on our back? Not only would it be really hard to hike up the bluff, but, um, the bar would be harder, of course. Yeah. But, um, you know, and just stand on the top of that mountain overlooking hundreds of miles of, of, of scenery of, of Mississippi River and everything else. And, and squat like among the gods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It sounds awesome. funny, but, uh, no, I think that's great that you're doing that stuff. It is. And there's something invigorating about just being outside. There, there really is. I mean, I don't know if it's, 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 we're born with it or what, but there's something about being in the sun and just, uh, for me, I don't know. It's also, I'm, I'm older and sun feels better. It warm, does. warm weather just feels better on my joints. Yeah. That radiation, and, uh, like, yeah. Radiation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's talking, you know, NEPA, you know, doing extra activity. It's a great time of the year to do all that. You know, this is, I automatically just, I really don't do dedicated cardio. It's this time of year rolls around. I know I'm going to lose weight. That's like Donald, who I said is here. He's like, Oh man, you're looking small and this and that. I'm down to like 270. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's just because I'm moving more. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting outside. Okay. We got to get the garden ready. We got to do this. You know, I'm, I'm moving wood around. I'm cleaning up the yard and it's, it's stuff like that that just it automatically. It, I just know I'm going to do it. Well, even so. on my limited scale, just the yard work, you know. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. If it's going, I mean, I look at 45 minutes of mowing, you mm-hmm. know, as um, productive cardio. You know, yeah. like you said before. Um, exactly. Yeah, there's no doubt. Or I'll start just walking all over the neighborhood. I mean, my wife and I have actually been stopped by some of the other. Um, you know, kids' parents are like, oh, do you need a ride? What's wrong with your car? <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of fun. We just giggle, you know. It's like, yeah. don't need a ride. <laughs> yeah. Car's fine. And, uh, I mean, I'd urge anybody who can to get out and you don't need a lot of space. Grow a freaking garden. You know, going back to the, what we were talking about, variety. It's it's amazing. That's a great know? idea, Phil. Grow I some mean, of your own variety. A couple tomato plants and some green beans or something. It's it's amazing to be able to eat that stuff and the, the different taste that you get off of a tomato you've grown is oh god yeah but um yeah and just you know it's that time of year that you can you were just cooped up and usually people's training gets pretty boring go out and do something different it does and i'll tell you there is something to be said just like we were talking about daily cycles or you know annual cycles Mm -hmm. i usually don't sweat it too much usually i come into march um you know and i'm not exactly lean 
<laughs> and you know, you, you, after years of doing this, you sort of don't care. You know, it's sort of the yeah. maturing process. You're like, yeah. yeah, well, I got a little bit of a power gut. It's going to come off in the next yep. you know month or two. Just if nothing else, I mean, unless you're purposely staying indoors. Uh, the simple fact that the days feel like they're about three or four hours longer, mm-hmm. um, it changes your whole outlook. I mean, my drive home from work now is in the sunshine. Yeah. And God, it was in the dark before. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's huge for us too. You know, our classes go until 7.38 and it's really neat to, we're done and it's still light. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh God, it's, it's so invigorating. We don't feel like we're getting, sitting down to dinner and have to go right to bed. You know, we still have light out and, oh. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you, if you take advantage of that extra time on the weekends, too, you know, when it's not dark at 4 p.m., like, mm-hmm. it, like it does here, and I'm guessing it's pro- probably pretty, pretty bad close, here. Yeah. Um, you know, you can do one of those park trips. You know, yeah. here's, let's link this to last week. Again, just like in that Arnold book, you go squat, and I think they squatted like all day long because you're going to mm-hmm. make an event. I mean, you may end up doing, a dozen sets of, you know, yeah. 225 or 315. It doesn't have to be crazy. It's just for the yep. fun of it. Yep. And then they, I think they just broke out like a keg and then they just drank. Exactly. <laughs> and we were just and talking last week about how that's going to raise your testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's exactly what we're talking about. Dude. We'll, we'll bring the grill with us and, you know, we'll make yes. an event out of it. You Absolutely. Know, and we'll, we'll cook up dead animal and squat weights and have a couple drinks. Yeah. No doubt, and I'll tell you, you can grill all kinds of vegetables too, and they oh, come out yeah. awesome. You know, yeah, but, yeah sure. meat, veg, a little bit, of mm-hmm. some beer. You know, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's definitely the time of year to start thinking about these things. Yep, and uh, you know, that's not saying that I okay, it's spring, I'm going to quit squatting. No, I still spend plenty of time in there doing that stuff too. But well, it's think just... about the shock value of going to do a dozen sets of you know light to medium weight squats. Even if you yeah. don't have a power rack, if you got two buddies, oh, you yeah. can get on either side of a bar just so you can get yep. under it. And exactly. you know, as long as it's not like muddy and you're not slipping all over, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's not hard to find. No, you know, like you said, go to a park and find a piece of freaking asphalt and just start getting after it. Yeah, or or, or <laughs> something. Uh, it could be. I mean, I've even done it in my backyard. I've got a yeah. little area outside my back door here with some like playground rubber chip things and yeah. or even just wood chips, whatever. And I'll go out there and just. Even if it's just 185 on a bar, I'll just do like, um, you know, power cleans mm-hmm. in the sun. Um, it, yep. You know, it, one of the uh, other professors I worked with recently uh, kind of made a crack about um, that apparently was reminiscent of me. Um, there's this Internet cartoon floating around of a guy, uh, and he's, he's approached by, uh, I don't know who it is, a friend or whatever, and says, oh, you know, don't you ever do any cardio? And he goes, sure, my cardio is lifting weights faster. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, it's that kind of thing. You could make your cardio, even if it's just 135 on the bar. You know, if, oh, if yeah. you're out there, you can even do it in your backyard. Yep. If you were, you know, it's just so oh, outside you, the box to do the that. The most kind of wrecked I've ever been, like wrecked, gave myself rhabdo wrecked, was with 225. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People yeah. poo-poo, you know, you don't have to go heavy to get a great workout. You don't. Right. It was, you know, I went in and I said, I'm going to put 225 on the bar. I'm going to stay in here for an hour and a half and squat. And I'd, I'd do a set, and this set I'm going to purposely do like eight-second eccentrics. 
And, oh, you know, okay. so I'd do some slow ones. And then the next one, okay, now I'm going to do some fast ones. And, you know, I just went in and had fun. Well, I, I think like, that's oh. the thing, too. If you could get a, especially a couple of buddies. I mean, you could certainly do it yourself, like you're saying. But yeah. with a couple of buddies, you can really have fun with this because oh, yeah. you could challenge each other in different ways. Like you said, do, <laughs> you know, do four <sighs> count negatives on every rep. Yeah, or, exactly. Or whatever. And, you know, pause squats and this and that. And, hey, let's have a little fun, you know. And, you know, that's what, you know, that's where I get after it. You know, with my training partners, it's. We always do that. It's like even if we're using different weights, we'll use the same percentage. And well, okay, you're going for eight. That means I got to get nine. Right. You know, exactly. type of thing. And it's you know you keep it fun, but you keep it competitive, and you, just, you have a good time. And let's face it, some of the best movements would be like squat, um, dead, power clean, yep. freestanding military presses. Yep. You know, this is there's no equipment required. No, there's a lot of very strong people that were built with a bar sitting on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and and they'd clean it and they'd press it over their head, they'd squat it, they'd pick it up. They'd, you can do a lot with just a bar. Even or um if you took a couple heavy dumbbells like um farmer walks, you know, farmer oh, carries whatever. Yeah. Um yeah, I I'm sure that you could anybody who's a listener who's a uh, intermediate or better could probably think of some very cool things. Oh, yeah. That's One just of the uh, dead weight off the ground. One of the worst things I did to four of my people, one of them was my, my stepson who just, he's in the, uh, he's in basic training right now. And then one of my SWAT team guys and I think one of my firefighters and some, another guy. But we loaded 315 on the bar and the four of them had to carry it a half a mile. Oh. And oh, they were wrecked yeah. by the time they got back. You yeah. know, it was nothing starting off. You know, each one was carrying less than 100 pounds, you know, 75 pounds a piece. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, half mile down the road, and doing a bunch of turns and stuff, it was woo. And you know what? This back. is when you make an event like this purposely mm-hmm. to try to enjoy yourself and get outside. It's not like I hear this sounds almost CrossFit mm-hmm. to me, but they're doing this kind of stuff like <laughs> every workout. Yeah, you know. And I don't. I'm not. I'm not excited about like you know running five miles with an Olympic bar over my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. I don't, yeah. I don't want to do that every workout, but. For something like this, I think that's exactly what we're talking about. You know? No, and I think, yeah, exactly. And that's what, it's little testing things. You know, it's a, some kind of little event every once in a while. And no, I'm not into an event every time we train. Most of, most of the training is definitely, you know, you're punching the clock. But, I mean, having that in there, that, that little aspect can be invigorating. Well, I think it's and motivating, and it's, it's that sort of physiological shock. Uh, it is. That you, yeah. you need every once in a while. I mean, Sure. I suppose the science isn't going to say that a dozen sets of 315 out on a hilltop is any better. But you know, <laughs> as, as part of your lifting career, I bet it's a damn good thing. Oh, I think it is too. And you know, science can't identify the other aspects of it. You know, just the, 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 I guess the, the endorphins that we release and stuff like that at, at varied locations. I mean, that's just like it, it'd be just like saying lifting in a meet is the same as lifting in the gym. I'm sorry, it's not. Right. You know, that's an event. These are all things. You come in with a different mindset and different things are flowing around in there. Yeah, and they purposely, I mean, when you schedule these in, you look at yourself as a training career and not just one mesocycle at a time. Yeah. You start to think that, you know, these are purposeful things. A, they're a blast. And B, when you look back on them, they create those sweet memories that make you a lifer. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, another big one we do is pull cars. You know, and we'll just do it a couple times, but, and, and I, you know, luckily, we live on a fairly slow road, um, traffic-wise, and we have a starting spot that we've painted on the ground, and then we'll have each person gets their color of paint, and you're trying to beat your last oh, color. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. You know, so we'll do, we might just do two poles on a Saturday. 
and then we'll do it again the next Saturday, you know, or a couple Saturdays from now. And you always have you have your spot, and you're trying to beat yourself. Hey, or Bill, if somebody's close to you, beat them. Yeah. So for listeners who aren't familiar, um, how hard is it to pull a car, a mid-sized car? Oh, it's not bad. Okay. No, it's not bad at all. I mean, all of my, you know, my lightest female lifter can do it in 118 pounds. You know, it mm-hmm. can't go as far as me. Right. <laughs> you know, sure. But um, but she can move it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just a matter of cars aren't that hard. It's just a matter of how far and how fast. Yeah. And that's the neat thing about those is, you know, you don't want to pick a freaking big SUV if you've, if you've got smaller people. Or try to go uphill. You know, yeah, and yeah all it is is just it, pick something that that everybody can do, and you just see how far you can go. Mm-hmm. And usually what we'll do is, you know, it's we'll either – it's like, okay, you got 30 seconds, see how far you can go. Right. And you're gassed. If you go all out for 30 seconds, that's a long 30 seconds. Right, yeah. <laughs> because it's like it's it's a sub-maximal squat for 30 seconds straight, just going, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, No, that's yeah, solid gold. Like that. Well, there it is, listeners. You can you can do military presses. You can do cleans. You can squat. I, I like the idea of squatting up on a hill somewhere. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah drag a car, pull a car. This is, this is solid gold. It's all the stuff that after months of being indoors, you should be chomping at the bit to go do something different. Yeah. And just, you know what, just sweat in a different way. Like you're saying, yep. that's like, that's 30 seconds of brutally intense uh, cardio. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not just... Uh, and I'm with you. There's, like, hiking. It's a, it's amazing to go hike. I mean, that's one of the, I did some awesome training in Thailand, but some of the best memories I have were, I'm going to go hike up this frickin' mountain. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't that hard. Yeah. Because I'm, it's not like I'm racing up it, but it was, you know, I'm walking where few frickin' white people have walked before. And Absolutely. I'm creating memories, you know, and it'd be even more awesome to, you know, there's, there's not many places on the earth that people haven't been. But there's a lot of places that people haven't carried a bar and then squatted on top of. <laughs> you know? So claim it. Go claim <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like putting a flag on the moon. There you go. You know? No, you're right. So. I mean, I think hiking trails would be a great idea as long as you could find, of course, a nice, safe, flat spot. Yeah. Um, you, you know what? And again, yeah, it, it's not like you have to have a buddy or two to do this. I just make it more fun. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So no, there, there's your homework, everybody. Go claim Go claim a yeah, local Go claim hill. a spot and... Send us a picture on the Facebook page. Oh, that'd be page, great. You know, and we'll have a contest. <laughs> no, and I think partner stuff is great, and this is the time of the year that's perfect with it. It, it. There's, It's amazing how motivated you get when somebody else is doing it with you because you don't want to quit either. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be the one that well, gave up. It's a challenge. Up. It's a personal you know? challenge, yeah. Yeah, it is, and you're working together, and... You know, we'll carry kegs. We'll do all kinds of weird stuff like that. You know, and it's not—it's nothing that—that's stupid. That's going to get us injured. It's just hard. Right. Purposefully, <laughs> you know? yeah, purposefully hard. In a way, this is almost like gateway drug to uh, strongman and Highland Games stuff. It is, and but I mean, I'd, I'd urge everybody to keep it not. Don't go. You don't have to go crazy heavy. You know, right. and that's yeah. If you if it's easy, go faster. You know, it's going to get hard. Right. You know, and, exactly. and things like that. I mean, not everything has to be horrible. But, yeah, no, get out in the sun. Soak up some vitamin D. You know, that's big in the news now. That's a big deal <laughs> itself. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that big fireball in the sky will give you all the vitamin D you need if you let it. That's right. Um, you know, also raising your testosterone, see? Yep. All and, these things you know, lead. Then you can, you know, plant a garden, lift some things, and, you know, drink a beer. So. Time to enjoy it. 
All right, man. Sounds good. That'll work. Let's see everybody next week. Get some pictures up claiming some space. That's right. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners, this is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein, you can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes, Everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications, and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the -the state-of-the-art science. And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount. However, obviously I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place. That's modern literature instead of what perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.